Greetings, saints of God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church, coming to you with a word today from heaven. I want to call your attention to the gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. The gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter, going through verses 1 through 5. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, and then picking up verse number 15. John chapter 13 verses 1 through 5, and then picking up with verse number 15. Here begins the reading of God's word from the New King James Translation. God says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil now already put in the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Verse 4, he rose from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Skipping down to verse number 15. And Jesus continues. And he says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Uh, today I want to minister from the subject coming from that 15th verse where Jesus says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Today, I want to talk about terrific leadership in terrifying times. Terrific leadership in terrifying times. Amen. John Maxwell, the famous author, pastor, and leadership coach, uh, says this frequently. He says, everything rises and falls with leadership. I'm going to say that again. John Maxwell, he, he says frequently that everything rises and falls with leadership. And believe it or not, I believe God uh, agrees with John Maxwell. In other words, I believe this is rooted in scripture because believe it or not, every time that God desires to do something different, every time God desires to take his people to a new level, every time God desires to help us overcome a new challenge, take on new territory, defeat a new enemy, God chooses a leader. And God always selected, anointed, and directed a leader to lead God's people during turbulent terrifying times. Can I work my case today? Uh, as a matter of fact, it's in your Bible. Uh, at, uh, in Genesis chapter 8, well, when God was getting ready to rescue the people, when he was getting ready to destroy the earth, he chose a leader named Noah uh, to deliver his family from the destruction. In Genesis chapter 12, when God was choosing uh, uh, somebody to be the father of our faith, an example of what he can do through somebody who trusted him, he chose a leader named Abram, whose late name was later changed to Abraham. God chooses leaders. As a matter of fact, uh, when the famine had hit uh, uh, the land of Egypt and the rest of the book of Genesis, God chose a leader named Joseph to teach us how we can feast during a famine. God always chooses leaders. As a matter of fact, when in the book of Exodus, when uh, God's people were in a situation where they were in bondage and they were suffering from hard taskmasters, 
Taskmasters. God chose a leader named Moses to be deliverer of his people. And even after delivering the people and leading them through the wilderness, uh, when God got ready to take his people into the promised land, God chose a leader named Joshua uh, to overtake and to conquer the promised land. And even beyond that, the list goes on. Uh, when he was facing foes and trying to settle uh, the promised land, God would choose a leader. He chose a leader named David uh, to help uh, conquer the promised land and help his people come into the land that he had promised. Every time God gets ready to take us to a new level, overcome a new challenge, take on new territory, uh, defeat a new enemy, God chooses a leader. And I want to talk about terrific leadership in terrifying times, uh, terrific leadership in terrifying times, because believe it or not, oftentimes when God chooses a leader, uh, they often feel unqualified. Uh, they often appeared unqualified, especially at first glance. But what I've learned is as we surrender to the divine direction of God, God miraculously grooms uh, them and uses them for greatness. And I just believe today that God is grooming somebody for greatness. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe God is grooming somebody for greatness. And I believe today that God is even grooming us for terrific leadership in terrifying times. And believe it or not, we're going through some terrifying times. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Uh, you would have to live under a rock or just be totally oblivious to what's going on. But we're living in terrifying times. Never in my lifetime have I seen what we see during these times. Uh, never in my lifetime have I seen what we see in our schools, uh, in sports arenas, and even our shopping. Every, every area of our life, we are experiencing some terrifying times. As a matter of fact, during these times, we've seen schools canceled. We've seen uh, a limited number of people that have been allowed in stores and in and, and, and places. Uh, we see a number of people, a limited number of people that are eating inside of any restaurant. Uh, we see a limited number of people that are allowed or, or no people that are allowed to go to concerts, tours, festivals, uh, entertainment events. Uh, we understand during these times right here, we see weddings and family celebrations, holidays, uh, holiday gatherings are being canceled. As a matter of fact, during these terrifying times, no masses, uh, 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 no ch church coming together, no church meetings are even allowed. No gatherings of 50 people or more, uh, 20 people or more, and now down to five people or more. Uh, these are some terrifying times. As a matter of fact, people are so terrified, they're going through panic buying, uh, panic shopping, uh, and even hoarding of things right now. Uh, terrifying times. Uh, even in these terrifying times, uh, essential workers are terrified to go to work. And believe it or not, essential workers in the medical field are even afraid to go home to their families because they're concerned that they would bring uh, what they've been exposed to back to their families. Does anybody know that these are some terrifying times? And even uh, to put the icing on the cake, the number of new cases of deaths that, deaths that have rose, risen exponentially every day, over one million people have been affected worldwide by this new coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, and more than 50,000 people have not even survived. Do you know these are some terrifying times? But do you know that when we're down to nothing, God is up to something? Uh, and I just believe with all of my heart that when, in, when times are their worst, God is at his best. I, I believe with all of my heart that this is when God shows up, God gives direction, God gives protection, God gives provision. I believe that with all of my heart. And I just believe that through God, the power of God, uh, his power, he has the power to conquer any foe. 
He has the power to overcome any plague. He has the power that, uh, uh, to hold back anything that would hinder and halt and hold back God's people from accomplishing uh, uh, what he desires to do through them in the earth. Believe it or not, he's using even this moment to accomplish his perfect will in the earth so that we can love one another, uh, so that we can come back to him. I just believe that God is going to get some good out of this. Does anybody else believe that today? Does anybody believe that today? And again, I just believe right now that God is using these moments uh, to groom us for leadership. I believe this moment that God is uh, showing terrific leadership, even in these terrifying times. Uh, and believe it or not, you may not be a leader of a country. You may not be a leader of a county. You may not even be a leader of, uh, uh, of anything that anybody knows anything about, but you are a leader in your community leaders in your churches, uh, leaders of even your children. I believe that God is grooming us for terrific leadership, even in these terrifying times. And believe it or not, uh, uh, I just believe this, that as we stay surrendered to God's divine plan, as we stay surrendered to God's divine direction, we will achieve, we will conquer, we will thrive and not just survive, and we'll accomplish God's divine plan in the earth. Does anybody believe that with me? Well, that brings me to my text today. Because here in this 13th chapter of the gospel, according to St. John, uh, this is where God is showing us what it means to have terrific leadership, even in terrifying times. In this 13th chapter of the gospel, according to St. John, these are some very terrifying times. Uh, this is uh, the time when Jesus was on his way to Calvary. Jesus uh, was living in some terrifying times. Jesus uh, was in a situation where even his disciples, the men that he had taken three years to tutor, teach, and train, uh, these men, uh, his closest inner circle, uh, uh, at this last supper, on the last night of his earth life, of his earthly ministry, uh, Jesus was going through some terrifying times. As a matter of fact, his disciples were jockeying for a political position. They were wondering who was going to sit on the left hand or the right hand when he entered into his kingdom. Uh, terrifying times. Uh, he even had a treasurer that was stealing money from the bag. Jesus was going through some terrifying times. Jesus was even dealing with uh, relationship issues on this last night of his earthly ministry. Uh, re relationship issues of rejection and betrayal. Jesus was going through some terrifying times. And to top it off, there was even a plot uh, for his death and for his murder. Uh, I will let you know these were some terrifying times. And when you think about that, when you think about this last moment, when you think about this last supper, uh, when you think about what could be on his mind while he's going through this terrifying time, amen, uh, 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 what would you be thinking about? Think about that. Uh, if you knew that this was going to be your last night on earth, if you knew everything that you were getting ready to face, uh, if you knew that death was getting ready to knock on your door, what would, you, what would be on your mind? And especially in times like this when we're so reminded of the reality of death, uh, these are terrifying times. But what I believe today is that Jesus has exemplified terrific leadership even in terrifying times. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 12 and 2 puts it this way, uh, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Believe it or not, uh, Jesus is the perfect example of every situation. We can always look to Jesus on what we should do as it relates to having terrific leadership in terrifying times. And what I believe that Jesus is showing in this 13th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, he's exemplifying servant leadership. Servant leadership. And believe it or not, when you are a servant and a leader, that's terrific leadership in terrifying times. Can we go deeper today? Because believe it or not, I just believe that oftentimes when, when these types of situations arise, when we find ourselves in terrifying times, uh, we look for leaders. We're looking for somebody uh, that has certain qualities. As a matter of fact, uh, whenever you're going into any situation, whether it's a marital situation or a business situation, you want somebody to possess certain character qualifications. You look at their character. You look at their competence. You look at their courage. You look at their communications. You look at their commitment. You look for certain character qualities. Uh, you look at their passion. You look at their problem-solving abilities. You look at their positive attitude. There are certain qualities, certain characteristics that you look for in terrifying times. You look for their spirituality. You look for their stewardship. But I want to tell you today, we can look at them, uh, look at their servitude uh, or their servanthood. Look for somebody who's willing to lead as well as serve. Somebody who's willing to roll up their sleeves and be an on-the-field general. Jesus is the example of terrific leadership, even in terrifying times. As a matter of fact, this was a terrifying time. Here at this Last Supper, uh, on this last evening, uh, again, as he's on his way to Calvary, on this Thursday evening, catch that, the Thursday before uh, uh, he was tried all night long on that Thursday night, uh, before he was whipped uh, on that early Friday morning, before he was judged and, uh, and lost the election with Barabbas, uh, uh, before he was crucified, uh, before he hung, bled, and died from the 6th to the ninth hour, from 12 noon to 3 p.m., hallelujah, this was a turbulent time in his life. And now in this setting, he has gathered his 12 disciples, the, the men that he has taken all this time to tutor, teach, and train. Now they are gathered together in the last moments of his life. And what, what is Jesus exemplifying here? What is he trying to tell? Because in this moment right here, when you know that death is at your door, this is a time when people are very serious. Uh, this is a time when they want to leave a lasting impression upon those that are loved, uh, those that are gathered around. So he gathered his 12 disciples in a room and he instituted the last supper, he gave the last supper and he instituted the ordinances of breaking bread and drinking wine, taking on what we know as the Lord's Supper. And here he is right here, uh, uh, here he is, and he's giving us, again, this example of terrific leadership in terrifying times. One thing that I want to point out as we go through the text today, hallelujah, number one, have the right motivation for ministry. Have the right motivation for ministry. This is what Jesus did. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse number one, uh, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Amen. He loved them to the end. Uh, having the right motivation for ministry. Your motivation for anything that you do should be love. Amen. 
Uh, that's the best motivation for anything that you desire to do. Uh, any relationship that you desire to be engaged in, any uh, moment of service, it should be love. Amen? As a matter of fact, Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. In other words, uh, having an altruistic attitude. Uh, uh, to look for the best out of others, uh, to seeking the good for others, uh, selfishly looking out for the benefit and the blessing of others. And his motivation for, for ministry was love. As a matter of fact, he started with love. John three sixteen in your Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but shall have everlasting life he began with love and here in this first verse of john chapter 13 it says he ends with love having uh, knowing that his hour had come knowing that he was getting ready to die uh, the Bible says that even in this moment right here he had the right motivation for ministry he loved them until the end. And I believe today that's a terrific uh, example for leadership, even in a terrifying time, knowing that he's getting ready to die, knowing that he had all of these things going on, knowing that there was a plot for his murder. He was still loving until the end. Amen. As a matter of fact, I believe in love today. I'm a, I'm a big believer in love. I, I believe in loving with all that you have because Paul put it this way in uh, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in your Bible. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not seek its own. There it is. It's not selfish. Amen. And what I like about it, he goes on in verse number eight, and he says, love never fails. Uh, and if you do what you do out of love, uh, even if you have some ups and downs, even if you have some bumps in the roads, even if you have uh, some moments when things don't go as you desire them to go, even if you find yourself even in a terrifying time, if you love if love is your motivation, if you love to the end, I just believe today that love never fails. Does anybody else believe that with me? Amen. So number one, have the right motivation for ministry. Jesus, he loved until the end. Hallelujah. Next thing I want to point out today is to have the proper use of power, even when facing personal pain. Oh, Lord. Uh, have the right, proper use of power even when facing personal pain. I'm in verses two and three. Uh, John 13 in verse number two says, and supper being ended, and the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and he had come from God and was going to God. Jesus is the son of God, the incarnation of, of God himself. He, he came from heaven to earth to serve, and he had all power in his hands. Uh, he could do anything that he desired to do, but even while facing personal pain, he had the proper use of his power. In other words, he was able to deal with relationship issues. And I want to talk about relationship issues today because Jesus was dealing with rejection and betrayal. He was dealing with rejection and betrayal. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Bible says that Judas, uh, sitting at the table with Jesus, uh, uh, eating the last meal with Jesus, uh, in a situation where uh, uh, Jesus has all of his disciples there together, he was saying, you know what, one of you are going to deny me, 
and another one is going to betray me. And verse number three tells us that, uh, uh, verse number two, excuse me, says, and supper being ended. In other words, after you ate my meal, after I have uh, fed you, supper being ended, the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. He was dealing with uh, betrayal as well as rejection. Uh, not only was he dealing with betrayal because Judas, some of you know, had already uh, made the plot. Uh, uh, one of the 12 now. And there's something about a cut that comes close to you uh, uh, from somebody who's in the inner circle. Uh, that uh, somebody who has eaten out of the same plate with you. The Bible says that he put bread into the juice uh, and, and he put it in Judas's mouth. In other words, the one that took sop with me, the one that's eating out of my plate, uh, uh, the one that's using your telephone. Uh, let me bring it home. The one that's riding in your car, uh, uh, the one that's eating your meals. Uh, every now and then you will come across situations where those types of folks will betray you. And not only that, not only was he dealing with betrayal, uh, he was dealing with rejection. He was also at the same table. Uh, 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 he was dealing with uh, rejection because there are two types of folks. There are the willing and the able when there's time, when there's heavy lifting that needed to be done. Uh, 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 there was one that was unwilling and there was one that was unable. Uh, uh, Judas was unwilling. Judas had already made the deal to get his 30 pieces of silver to sell out Jesus. But, but there was another one uh, who was at the table who was willing to be by Jesus' side. As a matter of fact, Peter comes and said, you know what? If everybody else leaves you, if everybody else turns their back on you, guess what? I'm going to be with you. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to die for you. Uh, uh, Judas was, uh, excuse me, Peter was as sincere as he could be. But believe it or not, uh, his flesh uh, uh, couldn't do everything that his heart wanted to do. He was willing, but he was just not able. Uh, uh, he was willing, but he was not able. And as a matter of fact, when the battle got hot, uh, uh, when Jesus began to get beaten uh, by the soldiers. When, when Jesus was going through his tough time, uh, uh, there were people that said, what you with Jesus? Uh, 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 when the little girl asked him the question, uh, aren't you the one that was following Jesus? Uh, uh, Jesus understood that Peter betrayed him. Uh, uh, excuse me, Judas, uh, uh, Jesus understood that Jesus, uh, that Peter had denied him. When the battle got hot, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. And what I'd like to say today is that you have to use have the proper use of power, even though you're facing personal pain, because there are times in our life when we'll go through some pain. Uh, as a leader, terrific leadership in terrifying times, when, when you're going through your own personal pain, uh, uh, when you're dealing with people that have rolled in your car, as I said before, people that have used your telephone, people that have eaten out of the same plate with you, uh, there are times when they are not willing or not able to be with you in your most terrifying times. But I thank God for Jesus today that he's given us an example because everybody understands that, that when you're facing these terrifying times, everybody uh, doesn't handle it that way. As a matter of fact, it's at this point right here when your faith and your flesh will have a fight. Do I have a witness in the building? Uh, uh, I'm a movie buff. Uh, I, I like watching movies. As a matter of fact, I like watching movies, uh, uh, pretty much uh, uh, any type of movies, as long as it's not too much profanity or as long as there's not anything illicit that's going on in there. Uh, and I can look at different movies because it takes me, my mind away from some of the realities of what we're dealing with and gives me a little mental vacation. And some of you are old school enough to remember uh, how some people handle 
people that were getting ready to reject them and betray them when they were at the table, uh, uh, at the same table with them. Some of you are old school enough to remember New Jack City. Uh, and there was a character named Nino Brown uh, that was played by Wesley Snipes. And when he was getting ready to be rejected and betrayed, he didn't handle the situation like Jesus. As a matter of fact, he, uh, uh, he went off in his flesh. Not only Nino Brown, but some of you understand, some of you are old school enough to remember the movie by Robert De Niro called uh, that he, with the, the character he played in The Godfather. Uh, when he was at the table with his friends and he understood that there was somebody that was going to reject him or betray him. As a matter of fact, uh, Robert De Niro took a baseball bat right there at the table and, and used it to split somebody's head wide open. And I know somebody saying, you know what, Pastor, I can relate to Robert De Niro. Uh, I can relate to Nino Brown. As, as a matter of fact, I've been in situations where I've been rejected and betrayed. Uh, uh, but I want to let you know today that Jesus was one that gave us an example. Believe it or not, you don't have to fight people. Amen. You don't have to fight your battles. I believe that when, uh, uh, when you're down to nothing, that God is up to something. And I've gotten to the point in my life that I'm able to thank God for my Judas's. Yes, Lord, let me say that again. I thank God for, for my Judas's. I, I thank God for everybody that betrayed. I thank God for everybody that wanted to be there, but for whatever reason, they couldn't be there. Because believe not, that transferred my trust from people uh, uh, people and their flesh and put my faith in God. Does anybody know that God would never leave you? That God would never forsake you? God is not only willing, but God is able to do all things. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's able to do it exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask ask or think. And what I've learned is that there are times that people will, just like Peter, want to be there by you. But even when they can't, I want to let you know today that God can. And even while you're going through this terrifying time, there are going to be some people that, that want to help you. Uh, uh, there are going to be some people that will deny you and reject you. But I want to let you know today that God will always be by your side. And believe it or not, he is the one that gives us the example of how to use the proper use of power even when per facing personal pain. Hallelujah. So the last point, and as I get ready to close today, I want to remind you of this, that you can have terrific leadership even in terrifying times. Number one, have the right motivation for ministry. Love until the end. Jesus loved them until the end. Number two, have the proper use of power even when facing personal pain. Uh, Jesus had all power in his hand, uh, finished feeding them, Hallelujah. And he knew that Judas was getting ready to betray him, knew that uh, Peter was getting ready to deny, to deny him. But even in the midst of all of that, Jesus, he still had the proper use of power, even when facing personal pain. And then this is the last one that I love right here. Point number three. Uh, Jesus was known for leading by example. Jesus practiced what he preached. In other words, he was one that would live it uh, while he was living it. He exemplified servant leadership. He exemplified servant leadership. Because the Bible says in verses 4 and 5 that he arose from supper. This is after the, after the dinner. And, uh, and laid aside his garment. And he took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash, Lord have mercy, the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Lord have mercy. He practiced what he preached. 
uh, and then he goes on in verse number 15 and says, For I have given an example to you that you should do as I have done to you. In other words, he exercised it. Uh, he exemplified it, excuse me, before he asked others to exercise it. Jesus was one that did not try to take the credit for others. He was one that, uh, believe it or not, if he's going to ask anybody else to serve, if he's going to ask anybody else to sacrifice, if he's going to ask anybody else to do anything else, he was a servant leader. He exemplified it before he asked others to exercise it. Uh, Jesus did it even in the midst of adversity. The Bible says that he rose from supper. Uh, in other words, all, everything is going extremely well. You know how it is when you eat good, uh, when you got people that have uh, 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 had a nice meal. We've gathered together. Uh, but he rose from supper, and this is where everything transitioned. He, 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 he rose from supper, and he poured water into a basin, and he got, girded himself with a towel, and he began to wash his disciples' feet. What I've noticed is that some people will want to leave as long as everything is kosher, as long as everything is cool, as long as everything is calm, as long as everything is collected. Uh, a lot of people want to leave when you get a lot of pats on your back. A lot of people want to leave when they can sit in a big chair or have a big title or even exercise power. But what Jesus exemplified, uh, his terrific leadership in this terrifying time, he exemplifies servitude. Uh, what about when things get smelly? What about when things get nasty? What about when things get terrifying and, and terrible? Jesus, he did what the common servant would do. He took the lowest position of the day. Some of you understand the history of the text and how when people would come, uh, they usually washed feet upon arrival. But, but here, Jesus uh, 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 took feet, nasty, dirty, smelly feet. Uh, uh, he took the lowest, smelliest, grimiest position, and he said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I, uh, on this last night, uh, I'm not trying to have a big birthday party. On this last night, uh, the, the image that I want to leave on your mind, uh, this last night when I'm, when I'm facing death myself, guess what? I want to teach you how to serve somebody else. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I hope somebody caught that. What Jesus wanted to leave in the earth is that even in terrifying times, uh, uh, the best way uh, to be like Christ, the best way to follow an example of Christ uh, is to learn how to serve somebody else, even when you're going through your terrifying time. Because believe it or not, my brothers and my sisters, these are some terrifying times. And, and, and flesh will tempt us to hoard. Flesh will tempt us to hold on. Uh, flesh will take, tempt us to look out for ourselves first and let everybody else take care of everybody else. But what I love about Jesus is that he exemplified terrific leadership, even in a terrifying time. Instead of having them wash his feet, instead of having them uh, uh, serve him, guess what he did? He bowed down and he exemplified this thing called service. Does anybody know that serving the Lord will pay off? 
Uh, uh, and, and if you understand what Jesus was doing, you understand that that he was exemplifying what you and I should do when we face our own terrifying time. Because believe it or not, he served with humility. Yes, he did that. He navigated unpleasant transitions. Yes, Lord, he did that. Uh, he remained beautiful while facing the ugly. He did that. As a matter of fact, he was forgiving when he was faced with the unforgivable. He did all of that. Jesus gave us a terrific example of how to serve and how to lead even in terrifying times. Because believe it or not, uh, uh, on this very night when he knew that he was going to be betrayed, on this very night when he knew that he was going to be deserted, on this very night when he knew that he was going to be denied, whipped, nailed, and pierced, hallelujah. But instead of responding in flesh, uh, after they had uh, taken him uh, uh, from judgment hall to judgment hall, after they had taken him and hung him on an old rugged cross, uh, in the midst of that, while he was hanging from the sixth to the ninth hour, the Bible says that uh, he cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, uh, uh, forgive them, uh, for they know not what they're doing. Uh, so in other words, he was still exemplifying terrific leadership in such a terrifying time. While he was there and hanging, he was still forgiving. Uh, he was still exemplifying what you and I should do even in the most terrifying times. And I'm grateful to God today for his example today. And what I believe God is calling us to do is that we should lead like Jesus. In other words, as, as followers of Christ, uh, uh, we should exemplify terrific leadership even in our terrifying times. Hallelujah. That even if they crucify you today, I will let you know that that's not how the story ends. Because uh, somebody knows that in just three days, yes, Lord. In other words, in just a little while that we shall, we shall rise again. We shall rise again. Do you understand that you will rise again? You will rise again. That even after you've been crucified, even after you've been betrayed, even after you've been denied, even when you're facing all of these issues that we are facing during these days. Hallelujah. Jesus has given us a terrific example of leadership, even in these terrifying times. He hung, he bled, and he died for the salvation of our souls today. That's a terrific leadership. That's an example of terrific leadership, even in terrifying times. So as I close today, I just want to remind you, uh, right now, even in this season, have the right motivation for ministry. Uh, have the right motivation for, for looking out for, for other folk. Uh, uh, love them. Do whatever you do. Do it from a, a position of love. Uh, the proper use of your power, even when you're facing personal pain. Uh, you have things, somebody's got a, a stash right now of toilet tissue from the, the bottom of your closet to the top. And believe it or not, your neighbor may need uh, uh, to be blessed by what you have. Use your power for good. Uh, I know you may be facing your own personal pain, but, but somebody understands that when you're looking out for others, God will always look out for you. Uh, proper, use, proper use of power, even when facing personal pain. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, lead by example. Practice what you preach. He lived what he lived. Uh, he didn't say, you know what, I'm blaming everybody else when things go bad, but I'll accept the credit when things go good. He said, the buck stops here. He led by example. He said, what I've done to you, you should do to one another. I've given you an example. You don't have to look to Peter. You don't have to look to James. You don't have to look to John. They're great people, but you can look to Jesus. Uh, you don't have to look to John Thomas. 
And you definitely don't need to look to Judas. You can look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And whenever you're going through whatever this situation is, I just believe that as we look to Jesus, as we put our trust in him and his word and what he has said, uh, what he has promised, I just believe that we're going to feast even in this famine. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that we, he's putting us in a position where we're going to reprioritize things that we thought were so important. And now we're going to put our focus back on him. We're going to look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I just want you to do this today, too. As a matter of fact, there may be somebody here who hasn't looked to Jesus in a while. Somebody here who may have started out uh, with Christ. Uh, but just like Peter, when things got hot, uh, just like Peter, when, when you had more questions than answers, just like Peter, when there was a, a strange twist in the road, uh, you deserted him. You denied him. I just believe today that God is calling us back to him. He's challenging us to look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus wants to start, he wants to finish what he started in your life. Let me say that again. He wants to finish what he started in your life. If you're here and you're listening to this message, however you're receiving it, whether it's over the internet or, uh, or whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, however you receive this message, I want you to understand God wants to call all of his children back to him. He wants you to look to Jesus. He is the author, but not only that, but he's also the finisher of your faith. If you're here and you're listening to this message and you have uh, 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 you've walked away from Jesus, I want to let you know that he wants you to come back to him. And maybe you're here today and you've never even began a relationship with him. I want to let you know that Jesus is in this moment right here is reminding us of the reality of death. People who have never ever thought about their own mortality is thinking about death even now. Uh, with the rates of how things are going, I believe that everybody will know somebody that will perish during this pandemic. Uh, somebody is going to experience death. And why is God allowing that? One of the reasons why I believe is that he's calling all of our attention to the reality of death. Death does not discriminate. Death is the common denominator of us all. And believe it or not, all of us uh, are going to die one day. Uh, everything that liveth must die. But I want to let you know today that death is the vehicle that transports us from the ones that we love to the one that loves us most. And believe it or not, death is going to determine where we spend eternity in one of two places. If you're here and you're listening to this message, uh, I want to meet you in heaven. And the way that we do that is we receive the gift of salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're hearing this message, uh, I, want to let you, I want to ask you a question. If death should meet you during this season, or if death should meet you whenever death decides to meet you, what will be your ultimate destination? Will you spend eternity in heaven, or will you spend eternity in hell? Uh, and I want to let you know that these are real realities. We're going to one or two places. Uh, my desire, my heart's desire is that even if I never meet you on this side, that I meet you in heaven. Uh, one day. So we're making it simple. We're trying to do everything that we can. As a matter of fact, we're navigating through these uh, terrifying times. We don't have everything right, but one thing that we do understand is we want to help you get it right today. So if you're here and you're listening to this message and you don't know for certain if death should meet you where you will spend eternity, I want to let you know today 
that uh, even on our website or even on our app, that you can, uh, even on our Facebook page, uh, you can reach out to us, hallelujah, and we can help you to navigate through that thing, to help you receive Christ as your personal Savior, and that you can spend eternity in heaven. As a matter of fact, um, all you got to do is ABC, accept, believe, and confess. Accept the fact that you were born a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God that died for your sins, and make that confession with your mouth. In that instance, there's a renewing that takes place in your soul. Hallelujah. Uh, you are born again. And then that determines your, your destiny. And with that, then I want you to get into a good Bible-believing church where you can learn more about this man named Jesus who has given us a, a perfect example, not only in terrifying times, but even in good times, of what we should and should not do. I want you to be saved. More importantly, God wants you to be saved. He wants to see you in peace. So if you're not saved, or even if you are saved and for whatever reason have strayed away, God is calling us back to him. That's what he wants us to do. Hebrews 12 and 2. Let us look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He started a good work in you, and he wants to complete it. That's all my time today, but I just want to welcome you to the body of Christ. The word of God for the people of God. And the people of God did say, amen. God bless you. May he forever keep you is my prayer. God bless you.